0: Hey Solomon, this is Jay Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solo Moms Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, no commitment just chat and so don't parent alone click the link below and book a book a chat with me a no obligation confidential and safe place to talk about you tired weary frustrated what would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone what's stopping you from living your best life now On Solo Moms Talk, I discuss with solo mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solo mom, dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even debt collectors... Join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy, increase your income, and live with joy and purpose. In
1: this battle of life, it's hard to keep your head.
0: Guest is educator, writer, and Washington, D.C. native Yvette Davis. Yvette is a parenting expert and solo mom to three well adjusted children. Influenced by her mother, Yvette writes books for children that focus on wisdom and teachings about life in a way that's entertaining. Her current work is a children's book series entitled The Adventures of Sunny, co authored with her mom. A portion of the proceeds from this series supports nonprofits that focus Focus on children's literacy a woman after my own heart welcome Yvette hi Jim pleasure to be here Hey, vet. Thanks. I want to ask you about your work as a children's book writer. But first, can you talk about
1: how you became a solo mom? Okay. Well, I guess I could introduce it a lot of ways. I would say the dream was shattered. I had a wonderful fairy tale wedding and honeymoon and lasted for probably a dozen years, about 12 years. And then the unthinkable happened uh, where... Things got so bad, and I knew after doing a lot of praying and hoping and fingers crossed, it just was not getting any better. The marriage was getting worse by the day, by the weeks. So I, oh, it's a lot even just thinking about it. So just to paint the picture, I was a stay-at-home mom, unemployed, three young kids, husband took care of everything. But I was miserable. Uh, He was abusive. And I had to make a decision to stay or go. But going meant you have no support. You have no income. What are you going to do? Which is why I stayed as long as I did. But I made the decision to leave because in my mind, I said I could be miserable. I'd rather be miserable by myself, but I'm not going to be miserable and take his stuff as well. So after an incident we had, I went to the police station and the next day went to the court and filed for divorce. That's been my kids were young. That's been a good 10 years ago now. And I'm still a solo mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So I just wanted to make one correction. Just because you're, you're home and don't have a job doesn't mean you're unemployed. It means you're a work-at-home mom, right? Yeah,
1: yes. Thank you for that.
0: Well, yeah, definitely. Momming is a full-time job, and when we work outside of the home, it means we have two jobs.
1: That's so true, and we do forget that, so... uh at that time, I truly had to depend on God and miracles, daily miracles, to support myself and my kids. Wow,
0: yeah. So you got out of the marriage to save yourself and your children. What has been your biggest struggle
1: in the last 10 years? My biggest struggle probably has not been having steady employment. So... um when I filed I, I filed for a um a restraining order and thank God I was able to keep the house. So he had to leave and I was able to keep the house. But it was um it was a struggle because I didn't have any money. So with him being the breadwinner and me being a stay at home mom, the thought of well, you know, how do I support myself and I can't go to work cuz my kids were young. They were like maybe 5, 7 and 9, something like that when when all this happened. So, um my first priority was was them. But I don't I can't even tell you how. I I just have to sum it up to a miracles how I was able to do it. But I didn't work full time. I just had these little part-time gigs a few days here work a few days there and talk about piecemealing things together. But that was tough because my house went into foreclosure. Uh, Thank God in the end, I was able to save it. But just tremendous stress from not having money. And not having money also meant kids didn't go on a lot of the uh, trips they wanted, or we couldn't do our annual back-to-school shopping or, you know, just so many things. That was horrible, not having the income.
0: Yes, it's a survival mode. So you did what was necessary the bare minimum uh, why you could stay with them, right? That's exactly right. Bare minimum.
1: Yeah. But, you know, even even with not having money, I was very resourceful, Jen. And I would do things like, well, I'm in Washington, D.C., first of all, so there's a lot of free things to do here. So I would look in the paper and look online and find activities down at the Smithsonian, uh, down at the library, author book signs, you know, free this, exhibit here, kids day out here. And I was taking the kids somewhere at least every week to give them the sense of normalcy. So that's one of the things I think that helped. They were like, oh, where are we going this week? You know, Kennedy Center had a lot of free kids performances. And I did that to, you know, make it, try to give them, again, a sense of adventure, even while I was struggling
0: on the inside. Yeah. And that's the strength we have to to focus on their needs instead of just, you know, wallowing whatever's ailing us, right? I took my kids out to eat. That was our thing. We're always going to a restaurant, not because we had the money, but because, you know, for me, it was something
1: to keep that normalcy, you know? Exactly. And they still remember that, you know? Um, Sometimes it was just a free trip to the library, uh, but other times it was like in the summer here in the D.C. area, they would have boat rides down along the Anacostia River, down along the Potomac River. You just have to sign up. And I was on it So they were excited You know, we'd pack a lunch Like, we're going on a boat ride today So they never felt that sense of oh, You know, we're poor We don't have any money Right I would go to the thrift store And shop for them And come home with bags of clothes And, you know, at that age They still got excited So those are the kind of little Hacks you have to do To, to make it work
0: For sure, for sure. Okay, so um, I hear you mention God a lot. How has faith played into you surviving, being on your own with three children?
1: It was everything. Couldn't have done it without God and without a sense of faith in God. Uh, That's where I pulled from. That's that's the the nothingness (laughs) that I reached down inside and, and, and came out with that. So my prayers were very basic. It's like, okay, God, I'm here. I know you're not going to forsake me. I know I have a plan and a purpose. And these kids do too. So it's me and you. It was just those kind of conversations. Very raw. I knew I did the right thing in, in my divorcing. That was the first thing I had. No regrets. I only regret I didn't do it sooner. So I was like, okay, I'm here. You know, I felt it was no fault of my own. I gave the marriage all I could. Probably more, like I said, more than enough. So I need you. And that's that's really what it was. I trusted God to bring us through. And and with that little, just starting with that blind faith, really didn't have anything else. Well, that's not true. I could have done the pity party and woe is me, but I didn't do that. I just decided that I was here and God was going to bring me out. That was that was yeah. the baseline. I didn't know how, but my upbringing and my faith said, we're, we're going to make it through. Because every Christian, no matter who you look at in the Bible or people in your own lives, everybody has a story. So I just accepted, this is my story. But this isn't the end of the story. This is the beginning yeah. of the story. And there's going to be a glorious ending. So that much... I knew and held
0: on to. Yes. You have to hold on to something. Mm -hmm. And the best thing to hold on to is the someone (laughs) who knows everything. Absolutely.
1: That's absolutely right, yeah. and it never goes like we wanted to. Never. No, it's an unknown journey, but you know, you you do get glimpses of the end result. Like for me, I knew it was going to turn around. It took probably about a good eight nine years before I was employed again and making money again, and the kids were. You know, we were able to do some luxury type of things. About a, almost a decade. That's a <laughs> heck of a long time. So that part throws you off because I never imagined being divorced. It was. Such a fairy tale wedding and such a fairy tale courtship. So when it, the divorce happened, it just threw everything into a tailspin. But it's like, okay, I guess it's my turn to you know to have the trial and tribulation season, my turn for the forty years in the in the wilderness. But I know I'm coming out.
0: Yes. And so, what did turn around look like for you? Because it messes with our minds. One mm-hmm. divorce, be having to raise children on our own. It's a it's scary. <laughs> you yes, know? So how did you navigate that? Can you describe how you felt at the moment you, you realized you had left that wreckage behind?
1: Okay, so there was a lot of murky water to go through when I stepped out into that ocean of faith, okay? A lot of murky water. That murky water looked like no friends around that were helpful. I turned to my church a couple times, and this was a church that both my husband, and I were very involved in faithful givers, faithful attendees. I actually taught Bible study there and I would call people in the church and I would get return calls. Now there were one or two that I could talk to, but I was one surprised how alone the journey was for me. That surprised me. I actually had family members who told me I should just stay in the marriage That I could tough it out, that you know, God doesn't God hates divorce and quoting the scriptures and so forth. So all that surprised me. So when I fully stepped out into that ocean, I was alone, Jen. And that was very saddening to me. I was alone by myself and I felt I had no one to turn to. So my spiritual walk with God really started on another level then. I had the foundation before, but it went up 20 notches because now I only had God. I only had God. Only. So everything that I needed like, oh my God, I really need to pay this bill. I really need this was a prayer. It wasn't like, oh, okay, next week I'll put aside when the 15th comes. All of that was gone. So my faith in God developed tremendously during that very, very dark period. I call it the dark night of the soul of 40, uh, 40 years in the wilderness. So then that did something to me. A lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of fear, but on the positive side of that, even in that, a lot of self-reliance and a lot of reliance on God and faith that was pretty much astronomical. I mean, I would sit on my front step and just literally cry, just cry tears on the front step, looking at my house that I couldn't, couldn't afford. God, please don't let me lose the house. I don't, you know, just yeah. all of that. So you're going, getting to your question. What did it look like? I think you said looking back at that. Mm-hmm. I hated it. I hated that time that I went through. I absolutely hated it. For a long time, I was mad at God because I didn't feel I deserved to suffer like that. But I do see the gems in it. The gems being very strong faith, having a very real relationship with God, having encounters with angels and miracles that just came out of freaking nowhere. So it looks like going, so those are, I'm, I'm answering your question because you said, what does it feel like? It felt horrible. No, that's fine. Go on. It felt horrible. Okay. It felt like days and days and days on end of crying. I would put my kids to bed and go downstairs and cry. That's what it felt like. Like, why am I here? What did I do to deserve this? I did everything right. I was a good wife. I was a good mother and I know it. Why am I here on the outside of my house facing foreclosure and crying with no job and three kids? Why, 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 why? So I could beat that drum forever. It felt horrible. I felt destitute. Like I said, I didn't have friends. I thought the church deserted me. Family deserted me. It's like, doesn't anybody see this from my perspective? I can't keep going down this road. I've got to cut this off at some point and try to go up higher. Nobody saw it that way. Nobody, nobody, nobody. So that was, the I would say, at least half of it. But I began to be more positive because I knew that if I stayed in that place, that wasn't going to get me anywhere. And then at the same time, there were, in in the midst of all this darkness and struggle, there were these miracles. Like, somehow, at the end of the month, I managed to be able to find enough money to pay the electric bill and pay the water bill. And if there was something one of my kids really needed... You know, some way, somehow, I can't even tell you how, the money would surface or find itself that I could pay for. um, Like they were in sports, pay for their sports team fees and so forth. uh, Just so that they could have some semblance of a happy childhood. I would find little part-time gigs I would pay a little bit of money here and there just to carry me over. And another huge gem was the amount of time I spent with them incredible we would read together we would go to the library together and get books i would go to their classroom and volunteer i got to know their teachers and their friends and the bonding was incredible i would go through the hallways and all the kids would look up at me hi miss davis hi miss davis you're jonathan's mom hi miss davis and that was so cute so that helped me to get through it focusing on the gems and the
0: good things. hello solo moms Do you feel isolated and alone in your parenting journey? Are you tired of facing the challenges of solo parenting by yourself? If so, then I have the perfect solution for you. Join Solo Moms Connect, the ultimate support group for moms raising children on their own. As a solo mom of three adult sons, I want to provide a safe and welcoming space where you can connect with other moms, share your experience, and find, and find answers to your questions. So don't go it alone. Be part of a thriving community of solo moms. Join Solo Moms Connect today and get the support and guidance you need to succeed as a solo parent. Join us today and be a part of a community of strong and resilient solo moms. Solo moms connect, building stronger communities one mom at a time. So don't wait, click the link below and join us today
1: and the blessings that came out of that
0: darkness yes yes thank you and thank Mm. you for sharing your heart uh you have me in tears because um
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i I was in tears so you felt that that's a genuine feeling Mm -hmm.
0: so reading right how did how did this come about your love of reading and writing children's
1: book. I mm-hmm. Well, I got it honestly because my mother was an elementary school teacher. She had a wonderful 35 year career of teaching in District of Columbia Public Schools. So even at the age of four and preschool, I would sit in her classroom oftentimes. And my mom was a master teacher. She could break anything down and teach. And uh, her, her classroom kids always did very well. So I just picked up teaching and how to teach and all of that, the discipline that comes with teaching and an organized mind from her, I guess just by being around her because everything she did, whether she was working in the classroom or at home, she taught it. She taught it. She taught it. If I had a question, she said, all right, I want you to think about this question. What do you think the first thing you should do? Okay. And why do you want to do that? And what do you think you should be next? So she would never just feed me answers. She would always be teaching, teaching, teaching. So I just picked that up from her. And then when I had my own kids, I found myself always teaching, but you know what was funny? The way I taught, I told stories. So check this out. Like if my daughter would come home and say she had an incident at school with um, a friend, something happened. I'd say, okay, well, let's imagine this. Let's say that you saw this kid and he was sitting on the bus and he sat here. And then another kid came and said, get out of my way. Who do you think would be right? And she would say, well, the first kid or whatever. And I say, exactly now, let's go back to your situation is it right that you want to move someone just because (sighs) she's like okay I get it so I would just always tell these stories or if my son had a problem I wouldn't talk to him about his problem I said you know there was this story once of you know this that and the other and they would be able to relate to the stories and I did this without even thinking about it it wasn't even conscious Jen it was just the way I taught them through a story I would never go straight at it would develop this huge scenario and then they would get it so one day and it literally happened like this one day when my daughter was away for the weekend that she was at her dad's house I was just standing there in the door sill of her room and I was looking in her room and I saw a little bear on her room and and the little bunny and looking at her dolls and it seemed like out of nowhere my brain opened up and I got this whole story of a little bear and a little bunny and they were playing in the forest and then some other friends came to join them and I'm like oh my god And I ran to my computer and I started writing the story down. And other parts came later and then it happened again. And it happened again. And it happened again. I'm like, all these stories. So um, I was working full time at the time, but I started collecting, you know, in a short period of time, I probably had 10 little short stories. I said, you know, one day I should write these stories. That didn't happen. But what did happen is my mom had also written a few books, short stories, and she had tucked them away a drawer saying, one day I'm going to publish these. Well, one day never came. And then she got sick and she wasn't able to publish them. So... I was thinking, you know what, I want to write my books, but I'm going to finish mom's books because mom's not able to publish her books anymore. I got them out of the file drawer. I went over to her house one day. I got out her folder where she had written these stories and they were so cute. So I decided to take her stories, add to them, make it a series, a collection of five books, and I'm going to publish these books for mom and that's how this started so I haven't even touched my own stories yet because I said my first goal I want my mom to see these books in print while she's still on this earth. so that's how I started writing so I'm going to finish mom's that's the adventures of Sunny that I just published it's a series of five books I'm going to get those out there do that for her it's like a thank you for what she instilled in me and then uh, maybe next year I'll start printing my own stories
0: oh Oh, that's a very interesting <laughs> story. Wow. Yeah.
1: There's a whole backstory behind. The Adventures of Sunny, it's a mother-daughter duo. So my mom started the series. I came along and finished it and I'm publishing it for everyone, uh, for all, you know, kids everywhere to be able to enjoy. And then later I want to give us, you know, at least a full year. And maybe next year I'll start publishing my own stories.
0: You also have a YouTube channel. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So, um, (laughs) you know, I just have to pause and say, Sometimes, if we allow it to, Jen, there's so much good that can come out of a seemingly bad situation. So that's my story, over and over again. So when this whole COVID thing happened, I got laid off from my job, and I started looking for jobs right away. And I'm thinking, okay, I'll get back out there, I'll find something. Nothing, just nothing. And then with things shutting down and getting worse. It didn't look like I was going to be able to get back out there for a while. And here we are over a year later and things are still shut down. So um, a friend at the time kept encouraging me, encouraging me saying, well, didn't you say you had some stories you wanted to write? And I said, yeah, but that's later. But what I noticed was that, a lot of people were coming through on the internet. You know, a lot of creators were coming out. They were starting YouTube channels. They were doing podcasts. They were, you know, just having these independent platforms on the internet to do what they love. So I said, you know what? I've always wanted to be like this storyteller person, like a teacher, a storyteller, this animated character. But I, I love kids. So I decided to start teaching kids through stories. The same thing that I had been doing naturally with my kids since they were little. So I decided to take these short little Aesop's fables and I would read it. And then at the end, I would teach and share the lessons of the fables. And I absolutely loved it. So I I recorded a few and then I put some structure around it. I gave it a title, Storytime with Miss Diamond, where we read these fables. And then at the end, and that's the important piece because you can just read the the fable. But we talk about why is this important? And why did he do this? And what is the Lesson that you've learned: tortoise and the hare. It's not the fast and furious that wins the race, a lot of times, it's the slow and steady. You got to think about your opponent, you've got to use your gifts. If you're slow it's okay just be steady with it just be consistent and you'll pass all those who run out of steam stay consistent in your character and these are the things that I talk about in my on my storytime channel taking these you know time tested truths and sharing them with kids in a way that's relatable and understandable for them today so the YouTube channel is called Storytime with Miss Diamond
0: That's brilliant I love it <laughs> I saw your intro and I thought wow that's- (laughs) That is so amazing. I remember the Aesop fables when I was a child, so and I love them.
1: Perfect, and they're they're timeless. They don't they're never out of style. So um, taking the story and telling it for today, sharing the meanings, and I think it's really evolved into story time for kids and their parents because a lot a lot of the lessons we need to hear, Jen, they're applicable for yeah. us as well.
0: Well, definitely, yes, timeless. Thank you. So, what is Yvette grateful for today?
1: Oh, so much. Well. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, and I'm telling you, I'm still upset with God for that. You know? I'm like I'm nine years when I get to heaven I'm going to say so God why, why did, I, did I really have to suffer that much to get here and I know um, people always say "It's if it's not for the darkness you can't appreciate the light if it's not for the struggles you don't appreciate when it's good and maybe but I'm still going to argue and say you know I think I could have appreciated it without it being so bad but there's so much to be grateful for I guess I said all this because I'm not going to say I was grateful for that time but I did learn tremendously through those dark years one of the the main things is humility I think because because I've gone through that I could never be like a boastful person like oh I made it here and I did this and I did that because that's not where I came from I came through struggle I earned every single iota of where I am today and and I definitely will appreciate it I know that I'll always be a gift Keeper. Yeah. 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 I'll always give back to other people, to other causes. I know that when people are in rough situations and tough situations, there's someone just like me, but a set of circumstances cause them to be there or it just might be their time to struggle. Does it make them any less of a wonderful person? And it gives me sympathy and empathy for when others are going through their time of struggle because I had my time of struggle. Like I said, mine lasted about 10 freaking years. That's a long time. It has also shown me like another one of the nice- is how important it is to pursue your passions. Because when I went back to work, I went to a traditional nine-to-five corporate American job and I hated it. I hated going there every single day. But I did it because we all get addicted to that big paycheck. But now, with my storytime channel and writing books and speaking on these topics, I'm finding that I love this. And my soul has so much joy doing this. I feel like I'm doing good. I'm putting good into the world, I'm sharing my best gifts and talents with the world I'm sharing my love of learning my love of education my love of children and I'm pouring this into what I'm doing now with my books and these honest talks I don't get to share the core of who I am at work I get to share this on a podcast with you putting these stories and life lessons into all these little into the stories that I'm going to write I haven't even gotten started yet on my on my book yours right But this is love. This is joy. So I see the value of doing what you love over doing something for a paycheck and so many other uh, spiritual truths that have come out of this time for me. In abundance, living in abundance of joy, yes, abundance of love. And I truly believe, Jen, from the bottom of my heart, that as I do this in joy, do this as unto God, the bounty and the blessing has to follow. So, looking yeah. forward to that, you know. This, like you said, this isn't the ending, but so far, it's looking pretty good. <laughs> good, good.
0: So, how do you practice self care? I
1: can say that, um, when I was first. First, newly divorced, I I didn't do a lot of self care. I didn't I didn't know how to fit that in. I had three kids, not one or two, but three kids, which is a lot by yourself. And they were all young; they were all school age, so they were first Um, when they went to school. Sometimes I just lay out on the floor. You know, that's 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 like all I could do. (laughs) That was self care: (laughs) lay out on the floor and do nothing. For an hour, you know. Uh, sometimes it was as basic as that sleep, you know. But then once two thirty rolled around, I had to get up and meet them at the bus and be mommy and have dinner and and all that. It was it was challenging. Now I'm able to set aside some time. My kids are older; they are eighteen, twenty, and twenty one. So I love going to the spa. Spa day is my self care. Uh, that's a treat. But on uh, yeah, right. <laughs> And on a daily basis, meditation, taking time to be silent is really crucial now. I find that when I take that, it used to start off shorter, but now it's about 30 minutes of quiet. Sometimes if there's an issue in my heart, I I may pray, but usually I'll listen to some quiet music and just focus on one thing like love or peace or You know, just giving time to let my thoughts settle. That is tremendous self-care for me.
0: Thank you. And I know we spend a lot of times messing around with the tech, but I have one more question. Sure. Um, What one piece of advice would you give a solo mom? One or two points you could give us to uplift our spirit,
1: maybe. Sure. Have vision for the future. As much as you can, come up out of your current circumstance and keep a positive vision for your future. Now, you may not be able to act in that vision all the time, but if you keep before you, I'm out of this situation, my kids are doing well, I'm full of faith, I am fully recovered, and I know that day is coming. That's what helped me a lot. I knew that I was going to rise above it. I didn't know how, but I knew I would. So keep your, when things get really bad, shift from your current circumstance to your future vision. It will lift you. The moment in your head, in your mind, in your spirit, no matter what's going on around you, lift. Come up and just say, I'm going to be out. I'm just going to keep going. I see it. I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Force that because it's easy to stay in a loop of woe is me. Things are bad. Things are terrible. Things are getting worse. And that thought will keep you there. It will keep you stuck. But if every now and then I'd say twice a day as a marker you can just come up for a few minutes and say, see yourself out of it. I'm on the other side. God has blessed me or I'm doing better. i got another, I got a good job again. Whatever that means for you, keep that vision before you. Don't let it go. Yes. That would be one thing. And two, I would say you're in good company. Everybody has their story. So this is just your story. Don't deny your story, but know that it's transitory move through it and eventually you will be on the other side and hopefully you'll be on this podcast sharing your story <laughs> so keep yes, your head
0: give up hope yeah. yeah yes oh man girl you had me in tears <laughs> 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 I am yeah. so happy I got to talk to you Yvette this is this is just amazing and I appreciate you and I'm looking out for your books um I am yes. a granddaughter so I'll be able to read to her
1: <laughs> oh that is awesome so these books um if I could just talk about them for a second Um, The title is The Adventures of Sunny. Adventures of Sunny. And they are on Amazon. And you have to type in the author name, Yvette Davis. E-V-E-T-T-E. And then Davis, D-A-V-I-S. And the reason that's important is because there's an older set of books. I didn't realize this. That was like from the 1970s called Adventures of Sunny. So you have to type in Adventures of Sunny, S-U-N-N-Y. And the author name, Yvette Davis. And the books will pop up. So this was a whole effort with myself and my mom. I am putting her vision first because I want her to see them while she's still here. She's 86 now. There are five books in the series, perfect for ages zero to eight, something that you would read to your uh, granddaughter Jen or read to a niece or nephew and just have some good, positive, warm quality time with the child that you love. Yeah. So that's the, the book set. So it's out there now. And the, another place you can go to is my website, and that's diamondjewel.com. And the spelling is different. It's d-y-m-o-n-d-j-e-w-e-l.com forward slash books. Thank you. And maybe um, at some point next year, I can actually have my books out, but I want to give space to mom because you know we we have to give honor where honor is due and it was because of her being a great teacher and a mentor to me that I feel I picked up this gift of storytelling and so forth so um yeah this effort is a joint effort for for me and her together and hopefully all of her students and students that she may never meet uh, can read and feel this hug when they read their these stories to their kids, this vir- big virtual hug, a lot of love in those books. All right. Um, anything else? Just follow your dreams. Know that for those who are going through in the thick of it, there's always a purpose for it, you know, and we can argue with God later, like, (laughs) why do we have to do this? But there are some wonderful gems and jewels and strength and courage and a lot of good traits that come out of the struggle. Just real quick, the name that I write under is Diamond, D-Y-M-O-N-D, but I chose that name because... I feel like my life has been such a struggle. You know, diamonds, when they're formed, they go through tremendous pressure and they're crushed under pounds of earth, but they go from something that looks like black and coal, like looking to this very, very rough polishing process. And you apply this pressure and all this scratchy polishing, but it comes out something so beautiful, shining and brilliant, so that's why I say stay focused on the end results moms out there. Know that you're going through is not in vain. There is a glorious purpose, even if it's just to help someone else. So shine on, keep the faith, and come on through to the other side. Yes. Thank you, yes. Yvette. <laughs> Thank it's you, Jen, great. for having me. Yes, It was wonderful. Yes, That's for
0: sure. As you can tell from Yvette's story, a mother's work can sometimes seem overwhelming. But if you're a solo bomb, life can appear unfair and scary at times. As Yvette says, don't mother alone reach out and connect with other Solar Moms. Start by joining Solar Moms Talk Connect community. Click the link below or go to solarmoms-talk.com. It's free to join and you can make safe and meaningful connections. Remember, you're not alone. Our stories are similar. It's just the details that are different. So reach out and let's connect. You can click the link below or go to solarmoms-talk.com. Hello, Solar Moms. As a solar mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, my mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life, to see yourself, as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry and parenting alone can be a lonely journey, but it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward, create a plan to help you heal and empower you. You can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jen or by calling plus one nine one seven nine nine four one three two nine or schedule a consultation with the link below i am here for you and i want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer don't parent in silence so take action today And let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.